Hello and Happy New Year. Happy um, New Year. Happy New Year. This is Savoir Shade. I completely blanked for this one second. <laughs> it's a new year. It's hard. It's been, it's been yeah. <laughs> new year. Um, Savoir Shade. This is uh, you're with your co-hosts um, or your host Sarah Chacon and Jenna Broughton. What's up, Jenna? Oh, not too much. I think we're sounding a little rusty, even though we only took one week off. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, well. <laughs> we're like, what's this show called? Pod- yeah, I forget the name of a podcast, taking like a week off. So it happens. Uh, yeah. So how was your Christmas? It was very good. We um, did meet up with my parents. We did the whole covid testing fiasco just to make sure we were as safe as possible but that was like crazy it was an over three hour wait and then but it was good because I wanted to make sure that we were safe and but it was so it was really nice though I hadn't seen my parents and uh since last Christmas so it was nice to get to see them again and just hang out and dress up their dog, you know, the normal stuff. (laughs) I I saw all of your outfits. It was like a different (laughs) outfit every day. I was like, this dog is dressing better than I am. (laughs) My brother was like, stop torturing that dog. And I'm like, it's fine. That's what he's here for. (laughs) Did you buy the outfits or do they already have them? Um, I bought him a little scarf. I bought Mm -hmm. him a winter scarf and but my mom has quite a few clothes for him. And it was really funny because I saw like a dog Hawaiian shirt one day on Instagram. And I was <laughs> like, you should get lucky this shirt. And she did. She got him the shirt for Christmas. And so I was like, definitely putting the dog in this. But yeah, they have quite the wardrobe for him. Like one of the drawers in my bedroom and my clothing stand is a drawer full of Lucky's clothes. So <laughs> I've been replaced by the dog. Oh, nice. It's like, yay, mom and dad, glad you love me. Exactly. But how was your guys' Christmas? It was good. It was low key. Um, did find out. So I uh I don't know if I mentioned this. I think we probably talked about it. I know you and I have talked about it personally, but I thought it would be funny to get like coordinating pajama bottoms, uh, me and my husband, just because that seemed to be like the type of thing he would hate. So I thought it'd be kind of funny to see his reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Found out he's even more of a basic bitch than I am at Christmas. Like apparently he wanted presents under the tree, which is weird because he's the type of person that cannot like he will spoil Christmas. Like he can't wait. If he sees a present, he's got to open it. Um, He wants to he says he claims he doesn't like surprises, but then you know, he does want presents under the tree. So I didn't know this. And so when I, when he saw it, his eyes like lit up like a, like a small child. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, oh my God, there's presents under the tree. And I was like, yeah, I go, don't get, I mean, it's not, nothing big. Um, but he liked it. He was like, oh, he's like, you want to do matching pajamas with me? And I go, yeah. Yeah. But, and he's like, well, these feel actually really comfy. And it didn't go like crazy. They were just like, and they're not even super matching. There's just the same pattern of plaid, but one's red and black. That was mine. I got him like tan and black. Next so. year, you'll have to get the dogs matching ones too. And then you can take one of those family photos. <laughs> right. <laughs> All of us. He- and I, I, it would be, Ava and Rascal would wear theirs for like all of 15 minutes. So it would have to be a quick one. Because both, either that it's weird because sometimes they'll get like, at least Ava, if she's in something that she doesn't like, she will shut down. It's like, she's paralyzed. It's like, she, she doesn't walk. She just kind of stands there awkwardly and looks at you like, what have you done? 
it's really funny how like dogs respond differently to clothes like some are pretty into it but Mm -hmm. then I do feel like some of them are just like WTF like get me out of this yeah rascal we tried putting uh, a cowboy hat on him one time um and that was not he immediately started pawing out it like what's going on yeah they don't seem to like hats because like lucky had no. this santa suit and the hat situation was just not his jam yeah so i haven't put rascal in actual any clothes but I don't know. Something tells me it would be hard to get him. It's it's hard to get his harness on him because he gets excited. So I have a feeling clothes would be fairly, might be fairly difficult. Yeah. But, it can but definitely yeah. be tricky, but it's, it's yeah. so worth it. Yeah. No, it, it, they look so cute. Um, but yeah, so Christmas is good. I made cinnamon rolls and then made the dog biscuits for the pups because I got them a little uh, dog biscuit mix, dog biscuit mix from Target and made those and it was fun we just drank and relaxed yeah yeah we did our fair share of wine drinking my parents are always (laughs) like we stocked up the wine for you I'm like I don't know what that says but (laughs) yeah thanks thanks. yeah (laughs) are are you do you think I'm an alcoholic and you're encouraging me in this (laughs) yeah thanks and then like because I'm yeah like basic too I was like oh I I'm obsessed with fancy sprinkles on Instagram Mm -hmm. they have like this prism powder that you can dump into your drinks and it makes it sparkly and so we had sparkly champagne and I was like this is just strictly to entertain myself no it looked good because I thought it was like a blue little cocktail you made yeah that was like the topaz sparkling prism powder but it was so fun and like I told my mom I was bringing this over and then she started looking at it and she's like, well, now you've created a monster and she bought like sprinkles and another different type of prism powder. So it was a real good time. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it was good. That's good. Yeah. And so now we're in a new year. Both got, I don't know if you got to go to work. I got to go to work tomorrow and not going to lie. I thought about, I was like, Ooh, should I call in? I know I like I saw like on Instagram a meme where it was like talking about it was basically like is it bad that I'm already thinking about like taking off PTO and I was like no that's exactly where I'm at like I've just really enjoyed semi-retirement over the last two weeks yep so it's gonna be hard to go back yeah, it is. I know. I saw that. I think it was the Betches account, right? I saw yes, that same totally. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I definitely was like, well, there was like thousands <laughs> of likes. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw like, today it was just it, not, you know, never mind. Like I've had the past two weeks off and I had to remind myself that I was like, mm, I maybe I should call in tomorrow. I'm just not ready. It's like I've had two weeks. I need to get ready. I think there's at least a holiday in the first couple weeks of the year at least that our company it's like is it president's day or something i think it's mlk day oh was it okay first i thought mlk was february but i don't know i can't i can't keep up track but yeah so i know there's some holiday in january and Mm -hmm. so i'm very much looking forward to that because it's just it is gonna be hard to go back to working five days a week (laughs) it really is yeah, so Martin Luther King Day, Jr. Day is the 18th. Okay. So, yeah, it's towards, like, the lower half of the month, so there's a countdown. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was during Black History Month, but I guess I'm just making up my own holidays now. <laughs> and, uh, President's Day is during Black History Month. <laughs> so, I think they should don't change count. them. I know, right? Yeah, that's, that makes more sense. Like, why wouldn't they put Black History Month in January when it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Yeah. It just seems it goes in with the theme better. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we just rewrote this for everybody. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Let's write to our, our, our congressmen and senate, senators. Have you been watching any more Christmas movies? Because I can't stop, even though the holidays oh, occur. Really? I did stop after. I have thought about it, though. I'm like, hmm. I did not finish. I started watching something called Christmas Catch on Netflix, where she's a cop. Oh, and my God. Trying to... My brother turned it off after, like, five minutes. He said it was awful. It was pretty bad. Like, I was watching while I was, I was baking it, so, like, I had it on his background noise. But basically, it's like the whole script is taking jabs at this girl's dating life. And this girl acts like a real dumb dumb. And it's like, I mean, I can understand being awkward, but this girl, it's just, like, it's too much. It's too ridiculous. And, like, her mom's a chief of police, and she works for... But anyway, in order to, like, catch this um, diamond thief, she has to go undercover and date him. But she also really likes him because she met him before learning that he was a criminal. And she was like, this, like you said, like, in all those movies, love at first sight. She knows him for, like, 15 minutes. She has a conversation, and that's They're the in love. she wants to marry. Yeah. yeah. I think so. the one that was the worst one that I watched since we've last talked was called Santa girl. And (laughs) it was basically Santa runs the North pole, like a corporation. And he's like, he's all business, but like Mrs. Claus is dead. And the dark. Yeah. It's just a little dark. And like the daughter, (laughs) you know, was supposed to join the family business, but she really wants to go to college. (gasps) Yeah. I think I saw this one last year. Oh. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, she's supposed to marry Jack Frost's son, Jack Frost Jr., because they're going to be merging the company. Yes. And he's, (laughs) but he's, like, a real jerk, right? Like, isn't he a terrible person, Jack Frost's son? Yeah, he's really, like, well, the son's, like, nice. And so, like, Jack Frost sends Jack Frost Jr. to the same university to make the Claus girl fall in love with him. (laughs) Yeah. It was really, it was something. But I would say the winner one that I liked was um, The Night Before Christmas. And night is spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. It's another Vanessa Hutchins one. (laughs) Yep, I saw that one last year. (laughs) I I thought that one was very good. You know, her movies are kind of ridiculous, but they're kind of cute. Like, they're ridiculous, but they're, they're cute. Yeah, they're not too sure. bad. I mean, and it could be worse. Like you said, it could be about, you know, Santa Claus's daughter going to college. Yes, I, that one was just weird. But it was bad. So, like, we were going through, like, the Netflix movies. And my brother would be like, go on one. And I would be like, seen it, seen it. And I was yeah. like, it looks like I have no life except watching Netflix Christmas movies. I know, right? It's like, between you and me, this is the fact. Hey, guys, well, come on. Get in the bed. Get in the bedroom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Just the fact that between you and me, like when we were trying to decide on the Christmas movie that we were going to review, and we'd seen most of them in that, that were mentioned in that Oprah article, that was, that says a lot. It really does. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why we landed on Christmas in the Smokies, because it was the first one that we finally found that we both hadn't seen. Yep. Yep. 
So, which my brother so was like, your... "Do you want to watch that again?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> once was enough." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm good. I think yeah. I think I'm yeah. good. Like, yeah. So, so what is, so are you excited about the new year? What's, uh, I'm already kind of getting rashy over some of these people online that are like, 2021 is going to be my year. I'm just like, oh, again, I mean, that's all like, I've been joking about as soon as it hit midnight where I was like, everything's fixed. It's 2021. Like everybody's just like, so I don't want to be like a negative Nancy, but they're far too optimistic because yes I'm like it's the same crap as 2020 like realistically like by the time vaccines make it to us it's probably going to be fall of 2021 so it's going to be a whole lot more of the same yeah that's my that's my take on it too because I was like people are acting like it's like you said as soon as the clock strikes midnight we're going to go back to pre-pandemic life and it's like no like I would like for that to happen, but it's going to be a slow return to normalcy. So people are giving 2021 way too too much credit already. And it's kind of bothering me. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't want to be like negative, but I am just very like realistic about the situation. And it was just, I mean, and then people here, I get, it's just, you would think everything's been cured because like when we go for our like walks and everything, like people have been out raging hard and it's just Mm -hmm. like, I think people like actually do think it's been cured. Yeah. Or at this point they just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it could be both. No, I agree. And I haven't made any resolutions or anything. I think it's just going to be to get through probably a, another crappy year. So yeah, my, my resolution is wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, that's my motto for 2021. Wait and see what happens. Um, yeah I feel like the only thing I kind of did right during the pandemic was I got a little bit healthier and so mm -hmm. like eating better and working out regularly so I'll try to continue that but that's more just like changing lifestyle versus like a new year's resolution yeah I at first thought I was gonna do like sober January and then try and cut sugar in January as well and then once I like told my husband and like spoke it out loud, I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. <laughs> so no, I, I thought about for January too. And then I had a glass of sangria last night. So <laughs> that is out the window. <laughs> and also I remembered like one of my vendors sent me Kringles. Like they sent two, like a two pack of Kringles. And we put one in the freezer that we still haven't eaten. And I'm like, I don't want to wait until February to crack into that Kringle. Cause that shit's too good. What's a Kringle? It's like a, like a Danish pastry, but it's flat. And it's it's like a, it looks like a flat circle. So there's like a big hole in the center. Not a donut consistency, but it's the consist- consistency of a pastry and it's filled with some shit. So um, oh. they sent me one that was filled with raspberry, which is one in the freezer. And then one that was filled with like pecan. So it almost kind of tasted like a pe- pecan pie type of thing. Um, we tore into the pecan one. That was so good. And then the raspberry one when he froze. And I keep forgetting about it, but I need to take it out and let it thaw. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like, again, just, I just want to keep, keep on keeping on. So I'm like, now's not the time for big proclamations. I know people that are like, yeah, 2020 is going to, 2021 is going to be my year. I'm just like, is it? Yeah. Is it though? I don't think it's going to be anybody's year. No, no. I did make a reading goal though. Um, cause I've, I've been doing well on that front. I've been reading cause there's nothing else to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I what's your reading goal? To read 21 books in 2021. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the past when I made reading goals, I never really, you know, achieved them. So, but I'm confident because I've been, re- I'm trying to make it more just to, to make it more part of like my routine because in the past why when I haven't achieved them it's been like I've always been in the middle of a book that's just been a real slog to get through and so I'll just like let it sit for weeks before picking it up again but um I made myself get through the one about the Koch brothers because that was so long and that was another one that was interesting but kind of like a slog but I feel like if I can just make myself you know most days just sit down with it for a few minutes and just get chip away uh, I might hit my goal that's why I usually end up reading like five books at once because I feel like there's some days when I'm like oh this is like this is too depressing (laughs) you know because I do a lot of nonfiction, and you're like oh it's I'm learning a lot but you're like this is a bummer and then there's times where yeah I'm just like oh this is way too intellectual and smart and so it's like you need like a fluffy one in there or I like to usually have like an essay book in the mix or something but my brother bought me a book about um shell silverstein and so i'm tearing through that one right now oh i saw i saw it on your like instagram stories it looks really cool yeah and so i mean i don't think there's a lot of biographies out there about him and this is like one of the only ones called boy named shell and uh i from what I gather part of the reason is like the woman who wrote this book said like he was an extremely private person so like a lot of his friends wouldn't even talk to her for the book because they felt like that's not what he would want and everything so but it's Hmm. been very interesting so far I like he was very straight laced which is definitely um, like in terms of like he didn't drink or do alcohol at all hmm um, that didn't make sense. He didn't drink and do alcohol at all. He didn't drink <laughs> and do drugs. Yeah. He didn't like shoot up alcohol into his veins like yeah. one does. <laughs> you know, he just he, he also didn't drink it the regular way either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Goodness, this is definitely a, a rough go today. But yeah, so he that part was like very surprising to me because like just so many writers are such a kind of disaster that mm, like, yeah oh, it's very interesting um but yeah it's so good so far because I just think it's interesting that I think for most kids at least our age that was like all of his books kind of played a pretty big role in our childhood mm-hmm. yeah and it's weird because I don't you know when you think when you mentioned that he was you don't really hear a lot of stuff about Shel Shel Silverstein you really don't like you never really hear about him I never really thought stopped to think about what was he like as a person yeah real womanizer (laughs) oh really yeah but they said that he was very like honest and upfront with like the women that he was just kind of like if you want to have a good time then this is for you but like basically like I'm not going to be sticking around for any amount of time well I mean at least he was honest about it yeah you know like like yeah, his parents were like had a very dysfunctional marriage, so he was just like not doing that. Ah, okay. All right. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's, that's, was that your surprise? I know you said your brother said that he had a surprise for you and you thought it was making hot wings at first. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, now I don't know. Like, that's really bad. I have I'm like, God, what was it? I don't remember. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been, I know, because, like, it, there was one that did come in late. And so, yeah, he was like, oh, Happy New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, that's a good gift. That's a really good gift. Yeah, it was a very, very thoughtful gift. I'm um I'm currently reading Requiem for a Dream, which oh, it's nice. been on. Yeah, it's like I have it. I've had it downloaded for a while, and it's been on like my to read list for a while. I just hadn't gotten around to it. Um, I've never seen the movie, but I'm kind of obsessed with it. Even though I've never seen the movie, but because I like the theme song, like the main theme from it, um, is really pretty and haunting. And so then, of course, I like downloaded the soundtrack at one point, and I was like, oh, I need to read listen. this book. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I was like, I need to read this book. And so I finally got around to reading it. I, I appreciate it the more I read it because it's written in a uh, stream of consciousness type of situation. And I was like, when I first started reading, I was like, God damn it, this is written like an asshole wrote it. Like That can <laughs> no be way. hard to follow. It is because it's like some run-on sentences, no like indentation lets you know when somebody's speaking, no quotation marks, pretty much no punctuation. There's like minimal punctuation. Um, and I was kind of annoyed at first. I was just like, this is written like an asshole wrote it. I mean, no offense to Hubert Selby Jr. But the more I, <laughs> the more I read it, it's it actually kind of works with the story. And I don't know if it's because it's about addiction, if it's supposed to kind of mirror the chaos that, the characters go through like that type of thing um Um, that would make sense yeah like it it took me a while to get used to it but now that I am used to it it's um I I kind of I don't think it would work if it was told in like the regular you know APA style or AP style format you know like I don't think it would it would work in like the regular way of writing um and Tony he's he likes uh this author also wrote like last exit to Brooklyn I think okay Um, and Tony said, I mean, he's read that book and he said it's kind of in the same, same style, very stream of conscious, but he really liked that book. So once you get used to reading that, like you just have to, you just kind of have to rip off the bandit and just, just start doing it. But yeah, I kind of don't mind it now. It kind of, it, it kind of works for the story. So. Oh, that's but. interesting. Yeah. I do feel like it's one of those things where like how you have to learn all these grammar rules, but if you become famous and popular enough, you can just throw it all away and do whatever you want. Yeah, and I don't understand what's the somewhat like really what's the point of stream of consciousness? I mean, I guess if you're trying to like like you know I mentioned earlier, if the story's chaotic and you're trying to convey that chaos, but really, it kind of seems like a lazy way of writing. <laughs> you know, like let me just write, let me just write, write a bunch of like run on sentences and just call it art. I think that's why Jack Kerouac's kind of polarizing because he very much did that like stream of consciousness. And so I know a lot of people are like, I can't, can't read it. But I mean, I guess part of the thing that it, when it works, there's like a real nice rhythm to it, but yeah. Yeah. I'd say that too. Yeah. You kind of get into the rhythm of it. Yeah. But But that sounds very interesting. And that'll be a good goal. I know when I actually set like a reading goal, I'm like, I definitely hit it. Like I did that a couple years ago where I was like, I'm going to read 24 books and I I hit it. And like this year I was a little or last year I was a little spotty where I was like, I'd go through times where I would just tear through books and then I'd go through periods where I wasn't reading anything. So, yeah, yeah. Well, here's to our reading goals in 2021. We yes. can at least have control over that. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this is going to be our year, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be our year in books. <laughs> I feel it. Yes. I know. I know. I just want to, yeah, that drives me crazy. The, this is my year. 
Uh, okay, so do you want to get into the episode? Yeah, I wrote down the title again. and mm. This one was An American Auction in Paris. Ah, uh, yes, yes, because that's, uh, that's with the Pierre Cadeau auction, which we will get into all of that. But first, we're opening with the Cubs. I guess the Cubs won mm-hmm. um, a baseball game or the World Series, something like that. And everybody's spraying champagne, going nuts in the bar and spraying champagne. And we turn out that it's a uh, kind of, a, I guess, a pitch meeting that Emily's trying to pitch these clients, her like champagne, champagne, you know, when you sip and when you spray campaign. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. And of course, I think Sylvie's just like, whatever. Yeah, because Emily's all like, I want to make extravagance accessible. And Sylvie's just like, that's very American of you. And then Luke actually corrects Sylvie because he's like, actually, the French started this. Yeah. With this with the Formula One drivers in the 60s. Which I do not think Sylvie appreciated because she was like, no. mm, thanks, Luke. Right. Because well, then he kind of started being creepy again and was like, now we just use it to make bikinis wet. And you're like, all right, Luke, you had a point and now you just went off into creep town. Yeah, Stop. he always Stop. does that. But somehow and- he's still like, he seems pretty harmless. Yeah, and especially doing it in front of the boss lady, like, that's, I mean, he hasn't gotten fired yet, like, that's a bold move. Well, I think we've established that this office is an HR disaster. <laughs> that's true, we have. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah, half a, none of this shit would fly in an American, no. American office. There would at least have been an HR complaint filed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then we find out that I guess American, a lady with the American Friends of the Lube has been trying to get in contact with Emily. So she meets up with her for lunch and basically they're doing a benefit and they want Pierre Cadeau to donate a dress. And they found out that Emily works with him. Um, Side note, I don't know if you saw recently, (laughs) but there was a fashion designer named Pierre Cardin that just passed. And I seriously had a moment where I was like, wait, is that the fashion designer for Emily in Paris? And I, cause I was like, it really sounds the same. And then, then I had to go look it up and see that, no, that was not the same person. I w- they could have maybe been inspired, like Pierre Cadeau could have been inspired by him. Maybe. I kind of <laughs> think so, because then I looked up some of his design mm-hmm. and not to fast forward too much. But it really reminds me of some of the designs that we will see in the final episode of the season from PR Cadeau. So I do kind of wonder if there was some inspiration there, but it really threw me for a loop. Yeah, that does sound, it sounds eerily similar yeah. to Pierre, Pierre Cadeau. No, I did not hear about that guy, which maybe that, because the whole thing with Pierre Cadeau is like, is he relevant? Is he going out of style? Everybody else is coming up and coming. So, I mean... I never heard of Pierre Cadin or whatever. I mean, I am a ring guard, so that's why. But maybe he had the same problems. Yeah, maybe. maybe he, you know, maybe he was big in like the 60s and 70s. And then, you know, 80s rolled around and he started going downhill. Yeah, he wasn't making enough leggings for today's ladies. <laughs> right, right. Which I had a note. So during the scene where when Emily meets up with the late with the lady who's with the American Friends of the Louvre, mm-hmm. why are characters like that always from like Texas or the South? You know, I feel like they're always they always have like an accent. Yeah, because like with the exception of like 
yeah, a few states, like, most Americans don't really have an accent, but I feel like it's a way to, like, it's a very, like, stereotype of Americans. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying that people that live in the South are this way, but there's always been kind of a connotation that you sound, like, ignorant and dumb. So I feel like it's a way to be, like, they're in posh parent Paris, and here's these dumb Americans. Right, right. And the lady just kind of acts a little bit ridiculous. Like, her character isn't too bad, but she does say some ridiculous things that you're just like, why? Yeah, like the fact that they're in Paris and they've deliberately gone to a restaurant to get American food. And, like, I think it's, like, Ralph Lauren's. And so, like, the menu's in English and there's hamburgers and it's just... I, yeah, it was one of those things where you're like, well, why, why even bother going anywhere different if all you want is just what you had back home? Yeah, right. Like it's 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 very like the and that whole like back and forth, like making fun of how the French pronounce ours. I'm just like face palming because it's like you guys just sound like a couple of dumb Americans. Yeah, and you're like, oh, not saying again that that, that French don't like Americans, but this would be giving them a lot of ammo. As we're like yeah. making fun of them. This is partly why the stereotype ugly American exists. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. And that's a thing you definitely see when you travel abroad where you're just like shaking your head where you're like, ugh, mm-hmm. no, like don't yep. act like that. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. But Emily goes one step further and she sees the cheeseburger and gets excited. So she takes a picture of it and posts it on Instagram and get ready for this hashtag, hashtag cheeseburger, cheeseburger in paradise. Oh, God. So ripping off Jimmy Buffett now. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag copyright infringement. Right. Like not, <laughs> even, not even making up her own. And that's actually probably the most creative one. And it's not even her. <laughs> no. You know? Because hers. I thought, oh, go ahead. I just going to say, I thought it was so weird that she even took a picture of some stranger's hamburger. Yeah, it's she's very obvious about it, and then it's and a even crap, it's a crap picture. Yeah, and even the guy in the background, because I looked at the guy, like the actor whose hamburger belonged to him. Even the guy in the background was like, "What the fuck is yeah. this chick doing?" Yeah, yeah it's, it's very strange. It's a, not a good picture, and I'm sure this went viral. Like nobody's ever seen a cheeseburger before. Right. Which if she wanted one so much, why didn't she order a cheeseburger and then take a picture of it for her own? You know, like it's, yeah, it was dumb. Yes. So then they go to the gallery. The next scene is the gallery opening because I guess Sylvie is going there to meet Camille and learn more about her family's like champagne house and all of that. And we also see Matthew Cadeau arrive because Emily um, invited him uh because she wants to ask him about the dress for Pierre Cadeau. They exchange pleasantries. And then we see, like, tension between um, Camille and, and Luke here. Like, I think most of the scene is kind of... There's not really much going on in the scene. Like, they Camille starts showing them the paintings. And then Luke is all jumps on one. He's like, this is very sexual. Yeah. And yeah. she says, he's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there is, it's very... There's a lot of subtleties to the scene. Because when... Matthew shows up I'm sure I'm really butchering that um but like you can tell Sylvie's kind of like "Mm, like what is this about and Mm -hmm. 
And I don't know if part of it is just because she's also, like, earlier in the episode, we also see that Antoine is calling and Sylvia's ignoring him. So she's got dissatisfaction in her own love life right now. And then she sees Matthew showed up for Emily. And so she's kind of like, and then when Matthew goes in to do the, you know, French kiss, like, mm-hmm. he grabs her on the waist, which we see that Gabe definitely notices that like and he Mm -hmm. looks very uneasy about it Mm -hmm. and then we see kind of we sense that there's more tension now between Camille and Gabe because Camille's like oh you should totally date Matthew Mm -hmm. and Gabe is like why because he's rich he's on the work for his money and she's like not everybody has to struggle Gabe yeah so so, you know there's trouble in paradise there definitely things are not going well between them no. Um, so then she goes out for crepes afterwards with Matthew, which I have to say, I don't like his hair. He It's a weird haircut. It's like serial killer hair. <laughs> what is serial killer hair? Please it's say. Matthew's hair. I don't, it just looks like the hair of someone. I gotta who, Google this while we're sitting here. I just, I just, I just kind of made it up. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like someone who kind of keeps to themselves they aren't good with people or they and they develop like a weird obsession with somebody and then they decide to stalk that person and kill them i don't know it's just the vibe i get it's just a weird it's just like parted down the middle it's creepy it's straight and it's like i don't know it's it's straight it's not styled it just looks weird I he doesn't do it for me. I don't think no. that he is like one of the okay, I'm pulling the, his picture up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it is very straight and parted down the middle. You're very right about that. Yeah. Um but yeah, there he would be a really good villain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looks like a he looks definitely like a, yeah. like a superhero villain or something. Like he just looks weird. <laughs> Yeah, like, and I don't like his hair. I think compared to a lot of like, as definitely Gabe, he's not the cutest guy in the show. No, even Antoine, who's like much older, I would still I'd be on the Antoine train before the the Matthew. Hell yeah, Matt Matthew. I don't think I could get there. I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Like I just be like, we can just be friends. And there's like the think about his personality. I mean, like they're obviously much more like you know smooth and everything but there's something about him that it's just he's just it's too much of a put on yeah like he just looks like the guy you would marry and then find out that he's been cheating on you like the whole time and he has like a mistress and like an apartment that he puts up it might have some kids like have a whole nother family oh yeah that's that's what he looks like it just he doesn't look like somebody you could trust yeah i just like i was never like Camille's very excited about this. I don't feel quite the same level of enthusiasm for Matthew. Yeah, I'm siding with Gabe. Probably not for the same reasons that Gabe is, but yeah, I just don't see... Matt, Matthew's weird. Emily could do better. Um, yeah, he's just, he's, he's just... I just don't like him. I just don't like his his look. Yeah, and so then they are... Oh, one thing I did write down. I really liked Emily's color block jacket in this scene. <laughs> oh, I need to look it up and see what it because I, I vaguely remember it, but well, because some of her clothes are just too odd for me, but I did really like this jacket. 
Yeah. But then they stop and see this advertisement for this duo called Grace Space. And Emily talks about how they're like this whole, they're the streetwear duo. They're super hot and they have a 900 euro hoodie. And I'm just trying to imagine what a $900 hoodie could look like. Yeah, to me, I was like, are they trying, is are this trying to be like the Yeezy brand from Kanye West? You know, because yeah. I think like he had ridiculously priced streetwear. Yes. I, that yeah. was I did thought. see that in one of, when I watched the like interview with like Dave, where he did the Dave Letterman thing, like they need no introduction or whatever. And he dresses him up in his streetwear. And it, yeah, it was like very, very high end. Yeah. I just, I don't think that there's anything you could do to make a hoodie worth anything more than $50 and that's being generous and it's like I there's some real soft hoodies and like that sticks out in my mind but other than that I cannot imagine what a 900 euro hoodie would do for me it'll look the same as like a $20 hoodie that you probably can get at Target yeah except it's you know you just paid more because you're a dum-dum yeah and there's a logo on it right but that just goes to show you like how marketing can like really help a brand brands out there. <laughs> this is, I feel like this is now turning into a pitch for marketing communications because people seem to undervalue those two professions, but yeah, you can make some shit look like a $20 hoodie marked up to $900 euros with the right marketing campaign. Cause there's so much of that stuff where you're like, it's the same crap and it's probably, it's kind of like, I remember growing up, my grandfather always got the fake Oreos and he, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like they're made by the same people. And yep. I think that's a lot that's of a lot of luxury goods where you're like, this isn't actually better. Right. Yeah. You just paid more money for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, that, that's kind of foreshadowing that, you know, gray space wasn't just a passing little tidbit. Wasn't a mention. They're going to play a larger role in this episode. Or um, the new guard is what we're kind of. Yeah gathering and then we also see that like it is i mean you're already getting the vibes but like they do then it's very clear that matthew likes um emily he does the kiss on both cheeks and then he grabs her hand and kisses her which again Mm -hmm. a little inappropriate for a client relationship yep but a clear yeah no boundaries over there no none yeah, and Emily's ethics seem to get weaker and weaker as she spends more time over there. Yes. Which I did make a note because when they're walking, she's talking about her life being like the same old thing. And she's like, I didn't get on a plane until I was 12 and I hadn't been to Europe until now. I feel like that's, if she, assuming she's in her 20s, then I feel like that's normal to like start visiting Europe in your 20s, you know based on you know obviously your situation and stuff but then like I didn't get on a plane until I was 12 like I don't know many 12 year olds who are just jet setting around the country you know like I feel like that's not a fairly common occurrence yeah like I think that's a real like sure Matthew Cardo of the famous Cardo empire maybe he's been jet setting to St. Bart's for summer vacay but that's definitely not the norm I think I was like 14 before I went on a plane yeah I was definitely in my 20s before I went on a plane yeah and I remember even yeah I was just like I think I'm the last person to ever go on a plane yeah 
And I, I'm still like a little kid when I go on a plane. Like my first plane ride, I was like probably like, it was shortly after college. So I was like maybe like 22 or 23. And I was like, oh my God, we're flying through the air. This is a great invention. Oh my, yeah. Oh my I still God. get amazed. Yeah. Where I, um, I was just okay. in California. Now I'm in Florida. <laughs> like, yeah. In like five hours. Yeah. It's crazy. It really like gets in my head and I'll sit there and really think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt like she was trying to make out like she's she's this girl who doesn't get out much or whatever. Or she's just like some bumpkin from the suburbs of Chicago. But to be honest, she probably grew up in like Winnetka, Illinois, which is a fairly well off suburb of Chicago. And she just sounded like she had like the same upbringing as like every other upper to middle class to upper class white girl in America. Yeah. And I felt like she was really fishing for compliments where she was just mm-hmm. like, you must think I'm so boring. And I'm like, just because you have money does not make you interesting. I have met right. of people who are well off that are like the most boring people because they think that money makes them interesting. So it's like, Emily, right. you probably are boring, but it's not because you hadn't been on a plane until you were 12. It's because you think hashtag cheeseburger in paradise is interesting. <laughs> right and you cop that from uh, another a song yes That's, so it's not even like your own we saw her the products of her own brain are not that interesting yeah that's your yeah. problem not the plane at 12 right <laughs> so that's when she asked pierre if uh or she asked matthew if pierre would be willing to donate matthew's like yeah we'll see yeah it's pretty much like i'll ask him so then we see emily the next day in the office and sylvie starts getting on to her about hanging out with matthew like oh you're not supposed to mix business with pleasure according to and your then, commandments emily right yeah um, me reminding her that that's what the company the company said don't mix business with pleasure mm-hmm. and then Emily's like no it's for this benefit with the American Friends of the Louvre and then we see um, I guess Julian brings Sylvia a gift from Antoine and she refuses to open it and so she leaves she storms out and uh, Julian and Luke try to get Emily to open it and she's like no so I think Luke finally opens it and it turns out that it looks like what it looks like earrings but they're really nipple rings yeah and they're probably like like, 14 karat gold like you think you know sylvie but like you don't pretty much but emily's like but really they're earrings right and nobody really actually ever confirms one way or the other so it is hard to say maybe they're just messing with her yeah sylvie doesn't look like a nipple ring kind of bitch but you know what like what people do in their bedrooms, I'm sure, would surprise. That's true. You just, you know, you just never know. And they were elegant. Like, they weren't some shit that you could get at, like, Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that they were pretty classy. better if Antoine sent her a Hot Topic bag. <laughs> oh, my God. Then that, that then the, the rage, well, the rage is already justified. But um, then the rage would even be, it'd be, like, adding insult to injury. Yeah. Like, first, you dumb-dumb, you blew the St. Bart's, and you took your wife instead of me, and now you're sending me Hot Topic nipple rings? What is wrong with you? Teenager with angst. Right, right. Or did we go back to, like, 1998? Like, what is this? Yeah. And it makes you wonder if Antoine has, like, a penis. I just thought about this. Do you think he has, like, a penis ring? It doesn't sound like him, but I don't know. Lenny Kravitz had one. Although I could see that on Lenny Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. 
that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that had not crossed my mind. It just crossed my <laughs> mind because it's nipple rings, penis rings. I don't think he does. Yeah. No. But you don't know. Again, we don't know. We don't know. Mm-mm. So anyway, so we cut to the benefit yes. and then we see Gray Space show up. Um, Which they look like Ghostbusters. Right. And then they're like, no, this is work wear. And it's like, what in the, who in the right mind would go to work wearing that? You've got like a backpack on your, a backpack, like basically a handheld vacuum with a hose. Yeah. Strapped to your back. Like, come on. Some, I think the American lady thought they looked like the exterminators. Yes. Yeah. So it's all very odd. And then of course, there's no body to model the dress for PR Cadeau. Yep. So, guess who gets roped into modeling it? Our lovely Emily. Yes, of course, because the lady that runs the American Friends of the Louvre or whatever it's called, she's just like, Matthew, you must have a bunch of models on speed dial. And he's like, I know who could do it. And then looks at Emily. Mm -hmm. And then... It's one that we don't see her actually accept, but she knows she does because cut to the auction and they bring out the dress, which I do have to say, I mean, it, Lily Collins looks really stunning oh, in that dress. God. The dress is amazing and it looks so pretty. Yeah. I know I did have that note too because yeah. it's just, it's pretty perfect. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, I think this is in the sex, the first Sex in the City movie, the dress that, and to a lesser extent, the dress that Carrie wears I think it's white and it's got the big flower on the shoulder and yeah. it's like one strapped. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Which we both are like, Carrie looks great. Emily looks great. If I showed up to your house, the big ass flower like that, like, what would you really think? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> that's, I mean, I think the dress is cute though. I think you look cute in it. Oh, like, I, I would be surprised. I'd be like, wow, you're kind of overdressed. But I mean, you look cute. <laughs> this is a little, this is, this is what happens when you're uh, housebound for, from COVID for a year. We start wearing evening gowns to each other's houses. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, wow, I wish I had something more than like Kirkland Signature brand box wine to offer you. Like, you, you look like you, you, you deserve at least a name brand beverage. But I mean, other than that, I think it'd be like, you look cute. Break out the Kirkland. But I would also, yeah. it could be like how they're in soap operas. Have you ever noticed how they're like always wearing evening gowns? Like, can you just imagine sitting around your house in an evening gown? I mean, that sounds uncomfortable, but kind of also sounds like it would be kind of fun. I'm probably like <laughs> one more month away from that. Like, I wore a sequin skirt out the other night because I was like, nothing's going to stop me. Yeah. I, I look at some of my dresses that I own. I'm like, I haven't worn these, worn these in a while. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Maybe we'll have a, next time we get together, we'll have a uh, formal get together. Sounds good to me. I like it. Me too. Um, so yeah. So of course, gray space bids, and they're driving up the price of this dress. Which I think it's to like and, what, like thirty thousand euros, I believe. Yeah, thirty-five thousand, oh, something yeah. like that. Um, and this is when, like, the lady, the American lady, that's with the American friends of the Louvre, kind of, I roll my eyes at her because she's like, "Oh, they're driving up the price of the dress," and I got goosebumps, and she's like showing Sylvie, and it's like, and she's like, "Feel them," and yeah, it's like, just what? like I trust you. It's like, why are you acting? I feel like if you're doing the type of person to do a benefit, to like chair a benefit like this, you wouldn't act like that. No. You know what I'm realizing as we're talking through this? I think this is like my least favorite episode of the season. 
Yeah, there's not a whole lot of action in it, to be honest. No, like the maybe the most interesting part is like the tension that you're feeling between like um, Camille and Gabe. But for the most part, it just I don't know. It's a little hollow. And like, I mean, even rewatching it this morning, it was kind of like, oh, that was quick. And the only thing that really happens is the scene that we're getting ready to go to. Like, right. It did feel like a lot of hoopla for not much. Right. I mean, I think my favorite, my favorite part of this whole episode was just seeing Lily Collins in the dress. Because, I mean, she looked amazing. Yeah. With the hair and the, like, the dark yeah. kind of fairy lipstick with her, like, mm-hmm. her alabaster skin. It was just perfection. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Um, but, yeah, Gray Space wins. Mm-hmm. And then they go up to her at the end. She's the last dress. And she's like, oh, guys, I'm so glad you won. This is so, because they say that they are fans of Pierre Cadeau. And then they immediately, like, paintball her. Yeah. with like Which has to hurt. Totally. And she's stunned. And Pierre Cadeau is traumatized by what's just happened. Mm. But which I have to say, like, if you donate something and then somebody buys it for 35,000 euros for charity, I guess I just wouldn't really care. No, to it, and so it just everybody was like very upset and mad about this situation, and I just thought, like, who cares? Right. I mean, they it's their money. Yeah. If they want to ruin a dress, then they should. Yeah. You know, who, who cares? Like, but I mean, and I feel like Emily gets unfairly blamed because she had no idea that Grace Space was going to show up and do that. And I feel like Sylvie gets on her, and she's like, if we lose this client. Then even Chicago won't watch you, which the only thing Emily did was get Pierre Cadeau to donate. She had no idea about Gray Space. No. And like, you know, I do think Emily's sort of right where she's like, well, Pierre Cadeau's right in the middle of all the conversation now. And I don't mm-hmm. buy the whole all publicity is good publicity, but it does seem like he's been kind of irrelevant. So this certainly can't hurt him. Right. Yeah. That's been the whole question is like, is he too, like, does, has, does he need to get with the times? And this is putting him back into the conversation. So, yes, it's good. And she mentions that I think, like, his account's getting more followers, including Grace Space. Like, fall, people who are following Grace Space are now following Pierre Cadeau. So it's like, seems like it's working out in Pierre Cadeau's favor. Which I didn't notice. I don't know if you noticed during that scene that Emily is wearing a Chanel blouse. Oh, no, I didn't. And oh, I, was that the, the double C's, right? Yeah. On the, on the and thing. I'm just like, again, this girl's got quite the wardrobe for what's probably an entry-level $23,000 a year job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I could only wish to have a wardrobe like that. That must be more than that. Really but. selling the shit out of some Weimar honors. <laughs> really, really. Yeah, because she, she makes out like they're not well off but I bet if you if you're like if you're a dog like a successful dog beauty you probably could make a lot of money because purebred dogs are not cheap no they aren't so I guess that's how she's buying all these you know Chanel running tops and whatnot right I'm I make like more than her now in my career and I am wearing a pair of sweatpants that I got from Antero Loft on sale and a shirt, a tank top that I got from Amazon that says 
don't be a salty bitch and it's got the morton salt girl Ooh. that's my wardrobe I like, that's, that's yeah. my wardrobe i am wearing university of south florida jogging pants <laughs> <laughs> so like together hand me the oh, tank top <laughs> So together, our wardrobe together that we're wearing right now is probably like less than $100. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So for Emily to be able to rock a Chanel blouse in her little rinky-dink marketing job. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's where you have to sus- suspend belief. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we see Emily stopping by Gray Space. And she's mad, as she should be. And they're like, oh, hey, you're the girl in the dress. And she's like... Yeah, I just got pelted with paint by a couple of jackasses. Yeah. Which good for her. And they're like, no, we really like Pierre Cadeau. Um, and then she's like, well, I know a way you could, if you want to make this right. And they don't say what it is, but in the next scene, she visits Pierre and it's a collab. They want to collab with Pierre Cadeau. And it's basically to make, I presume, what would be a 900 euro hoodie with the Pierre Cadeau logo splashed across it. Right. Not worth it. Looks comfy. Not worth it. I have to really agree with him. Like, I do think, like, you have to be willing to change. But, like, she's just wanting him to completely sell out. Mm-hmm. I know. I love his reaction when she shows him the hoodie mock-up. And he's like, what is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> like, yeah. Because that was basically my reaction as well. Right. I mean, and it looks, it, it doesn't look good. Like, I have to agree with Pierre Cadeau. Like, especially... Because really the only, um, at least, I guess we saw a little bit of of his, like, ballerina, like, when they were touring his factory or whatever, or his atelier. But if he, if his outfits look anything like the dress that um, Emily was wearing in the auction, like, he's got gorgeous pieces. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> degrade my name and put it on a damn gray hoodie. No, and I just, I think so many brands, like, have high-end stuff and then they want to do a lower end and I think fine but I would just do a completely different brand but to be like you're totally gonna dilute your brand with this crap hoodie that Emily's Mm -hmm. that and I feel like stuff like gray space like designers like gray space are just a passing fad absolutely because it's like yeah like, because assuming that, like, Pierre Cadeau, the way I got the feeling that if from watching the show that Pierre Cadeau is, like, on the same level as, like, Dolce and & Gabbana and yeah. Oscar de la Renta, like, those <laughs> classic names. And those are going to be timeless. Yes. And so, like, this, like you said, it's just a passing fad. And it's just, like, he's creating art. They're mm-hmm. hoodies. And not, yes. not a spot for hoodies. But it's, like... If you wanted to get into high-end fashion, it wasn't to do a GD hoodie. No, no, not at all. Like, you would want to do, like, hot couture is supposed to be, like, art. and supposed to be, like, kind of out of the ordinary and beautiful. And, yeah, no, a fucking hoodie? Fuck that. But I also did like in this scene that you see Pierre Cadeau laying on the bed with a tray full of creme brulee. So he's not eating, but that he's simply just hitting the top of them to crack the sugar yeah he's like that's so satisfying <laughs> and she's like okay it's kind of weird i kind of appreciate it i do think about when you do have a creme brulee it is a pretty fun experience yeah to- that's like so i think tony's favorite dessert is a creme brulee and that's his like favorite thing is cracking the sugar he's like i want to crack the sugar well, you should share that scene with him he'd probably really <laughs> enjoy it 
I know. My greedy ass would probably eat all those damn creme brulees. He has like 12 or something in front of him. I'd be like, crack, and then I would eat it. Absolutely. I have zero self-control. Like, I, me, good example. I love those Quaker rice cakes, but I was like, you know what? I have to eat the whole bag. So I'm going to get individually portioned bags. I've already had two individually portioned bags this morning for breakfast. So like not working, certainly wouldn't be able to hold back from 12 creme brulees. Same. I think like with um, Oreos, like I could eat a whole package of Oreos. Yeah. Just, it's just, they just, a, a, a reasonable amount, like two, I guess would be like a reasonable amount. This doesn't, doesn't feel like enough. One more. Like Pringles slogan of like, once you pop, you can't stop. That's pretty much like the theme of my life. Like, once I start anything, it's like, I'm just going straight to the end. Right. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. It's like, and then like, I'll try and do the thing where it's like, you eat a little bit of it and put the rest away. And then I'll just think about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, um, I was gonna say, we're pre- that brings us kind of to the end of the episode. Because like on her, so Pierre Cadeau's kind of insulted that she would mention that collab to him rightfully so and he just tells her to leave and then on her way out she sees Matthew and um he's he's like how did it go she's like I think I made it worse and then he just this is when he like really hits on her um he's like you know what the French do at their darkest hour he's like they make love and she's like I'm not that French but she still kisses him when he goes in to kiss her yes and it's yeah. her like twice and then that's kind of end scene yeah um which again super inappropriate for a client yes yeah and but yeah I like I said I just I really realized during this one I felt very unenthused about reviewing this one I feel like this is kind of a lackluster episode it really was after especially after the last episode which was the trip to the, the champagne house and I think it might be my favorite out of the yeah. series um there was so much going on in that one this one was just kind of like a lot of kind of fillers yeah it did and like it, even some of the like you know what it made me think of actually when I was watching it was like remember how when we were viewing Christmas in the Smokies we were like they didn't really need this scene yeah there was, just weird cuts. yeah there was kind of some of that in this episode where just, like, yeah even just like it would flash to the office and, you know, it'd be like, okay, she's rejecting this gift from Antoine. Then they're at the charity dinner. And you're like, I don't know if that was super germane to the story, only except maybe for, like, keeping the presence of Antoine known, you know? So, I, but it just, some of it did just seem kind of inconsequential. But maybe they knew they had to, like, because next episode is the final episode of season one. So maybe they thought, mm-hmm. let's take it down before we crescendo to the big finale maybe it was like a lot happened in the previous one a lot's gonna happen in this in the last episode so maybe we just need like a cooler episode cool everybody down yeah but it's just i don't know i just feel like it's uh the worst episode of the season and i I never really thought much of it before and maybe it's because i was like power watching them when i watched this show for the first time Mm -hmm. and you're just watching it kind of straight through like a movie because even movies usually have I feel like a part in the movie where you're like this is kind of dragging right here right and yeah but we will look forward to the last episode certainly but this one didn't do it for me 
Yeah, I noticed that too. Because I was struggling to like write notes for it and like or like write down funny thoughts to go along with the notes. And that's the thing. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. No, there there just wasn't really anything to like riff off of. Yeah, I mean, we did get mileage out of the scene with the American lady in Cheeseburger in Paradise. I didn't think I, we would get that much mileage, but we did, and I'm grateful for that. Yes, kudos to us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, everything because we even we didn't even mention it. Again, it's one of those scenes because after Emily gets paintballed by Gray Space, that shit goes public. I mean, we did kind of allude to the fact how it affected Pierre Cadeau, but she wound up on the front page of the paper and all of that. And like Gabe is the one that brings it to her apartment. I don't know, that scene seems that scene seemed kind of unnecessary too. Yeah, and he's trying to get her to call and work basically just to hang out with him. Yeah, which, I mean, I have to say, had that been me, it probably 100% would have worked. <laughs> I mean, I'm We're thinking about calling in tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've toyed with calling in tomorrow, and I don't even have Gabe to tip me. So. <laughs> um, if any coworkers listening, I'm not. Yeah. Just a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. This is all silliness. Me. But, you know, that's yeah. what I thought. I was like, because usually watching those things I have like so many things floating through my head and I was like oh my gosh I don't think I have anything funny or interesting to say I'm just a boring old Emily I know we're both we're both like ring guards this episode yeah yeah but we'll we'll pull it together for the finale yeah this is also the first I mean it felt like we've had longer than a week off same I think maybe it's because I think we've both been off for about two weeks from work and so That's- like I think that also like really takes down your you know we're we're semi-retired and so our energy level right. is at that phase right we're not all manic yet because we're not stressed out and we need that we don't have the need for the outlet yet yeah so we'll probably and we'll have some that's a thing we haven't really been probably like doing anything in our lives <laughs> like <laughs> right. sleeping and napping a lot there's not really a lot to pull from for this episode or life yeah I mean I've like I've just been reading yeah yeah we've been like leaned into that we did like a mini book club this episode instead of <laughs> jokes <laughs> I know so I guess what we're trying to say is once we're back at work next week we're gonna have a great episode on next Sunday for you guys yeah yeah we'll bring the depression with us <laughs> yep it sounds so don't worry guys yeah yeah we'll bring it back but also you know emily in paris has got to do her part too that's true i mean i'm hoping season two is good me too and i'm just wondering when that's gonna come out since yeah. with this whole covid thing like if they're able to film and stuff i wonder that too because it's i don't know because they felt like they they found out in the latter half of 2020 that they got renewed and I don't know like how that works I don't know if you can't have to wait until you're renewed to film more episodes I would think so so but yeah but like I don't know how they were able to do that I guess they could all test but at the same time like Paris is I would argue kind of like how New York City was a character in Sex in the City Paris is a character in um Emily in Paris so you would have to like film on the streets and have extras and that's like a lot of people to test I don't know how that they would be able to do that safely yeah I mean I I will say though like one of my things and this is no way to get our our free charm from Netflix but one (laughs) that been without COVID that drives me bonkers is that I feel like there is so much time in between seasons 
Yeah. And so now with like COVID in the mix, I'm like, now they're really going to drag their feet. Mm-hmm. I know. I hated that too. Like when we, cause you know, when we were watching Game of Thrones, to, to be full disclosure, that probably wouldn't have been a movie that I or a show I would have watched on my own had my husband not introduced me to it. I just science fiction and fantasy and stuff just not my jam, although it was a good series. But the last two seasons were like eight episodes each, and there was like a year in between. So, like, by the time like the last season rolled around, I was like, I don't even remember what happened. Yes, that drive, you know. Nuts. Yeah, it's so, and it, and like they do that, and they're doing that with The Witcher because um, we watched The Witcher around Christmas of 2019, and then it's like they're not going to come out until like 2021 is when season two is supposed to premiere, and it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna have to rewatch all of the damn season one because I don't fuck me if I know what happens if I remember. That's why I kind of like just watching once a whole series is done, and then I can just power watch it all at once. Yeah, because I think you pick up on a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, I hate when they, um, when pe- people like drag, when companies like drag their feet between seasons of a TV show. Because they have to know people are going to, like, people aren't going to remember what happened last time. And that's frustrating. Well, and you kind of got it. People's attention spans are short. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, there's so much content that out there that if, like, they don't kind of ride the wave of popularity, people lose interest and move on. Mm-hmm. 100% yeah so yeah so here's hoping emily yeah i don't i don't know hopefully like like we said like i don't think things are going to go back to normal um anytime soon so they're probably haven't been filming i don't know yeah probably yeah. soon because we're gonna yeah gonna do in 2021 yep so i mean maybe once in a while we can recap I don't know is there any other like funny I feel like the Christmas movies really bring it I don't know if there's I mean I know there's ridiculous rom-com movies but I feel like the Christmas ones is like there's a whole genre you know it's like a whole genre absolutely do yeah and that's a thing that just doesn't really exist they kind of do it with like Valentine's Day but I just don't think it's the same it's not as a rich breadth of work <laughs> as, as Christmas. That's exactly how I would define those. <laughs> well, hopefully, maybe Valentine's Day, we can, we'll can we find a good one. Yeah. And re- recap that. And, uh, Just so you guys don't forget about us. Yeah, ex- exactly. We don't want that to happen. No. But, so where can people find you online? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at jennabroughton.com or Jenna Broughton, And then there's I have jennabroughton.com and I also have instant gratification for travel and food adventures and yeah. Cool. And I am at Pinot and Perfume on Instagram. That's also the name of my other podcast uh, about perfume. And if you have a Peloton or use the app with a cheap bike like me, um, follow me on Peloton also at Pinot and Perfume on there. What perfume ladies. are you reviewing this week? Um, I did Pink Sugar. <laughs> so it was like I, that, I did the episode early this week. And it, so it, it came out on New Year's Day. Yeah, it was Pink Sugar. OK, I did see that post. I'll have to listen to that yeah. episode. Yeah, so that was that was the big New Year's. The first first uh, fragrance of the new year was a twenty dollars fragrance I got. I like it, and which I have to say again, I've been pretty much only exclusively wearing black orchids since I've been back 
Mm, yeah, Black Orchid's so good. So good. And that was definitely an introduction that I got from Sarah between her podcast and then also in person getting to try it. So definitely listen to Pinot and Perfume if you want to learn about some new hot scents to try during this time. Oh, thanks for the plug. <laughs> thanks for their corroborating my uh, my. Yeah, that's my endorsement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. My endorsement. I don't know why I keep thinking that fucking word jesus christ all the reading i'm doing my vocabulary hasn't improved so we'll <laughs> get it together by next time but when i was yeah. basically over but and then if people want to contact us which I, oh i have to say i haven't looked in probably two weeks they can reach us at I, what emily and paris podcasts at gmail.com at gmail.com mm-hmm. yep at gmail.com i checked before recording still nothing from netflix <sighs> It was a lot of stuff from Google and Team Anchor. <laughs> Nothing good. Yeah. It was just like, your new privacy settings. And Team Anchor was like, how did you learn about Anchor? It was just the regular rigmarole. Oh. And then some, yeah, nothing nothing good. And then some spam. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about life. Yep. So I did check. And unfortunately, I was like, oh, maybe maybe we'll find something. I was like, the one, my one piece, my one unabashed optimism in 2021 was maybe getting an email from Netflix about the bag. I'm not giving up on it. Not giving. No. I mean, I don't have anything else to do, so I might as well put my energy into that. I'll like vision board it or something. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll manifest. Yeah. It. Exactly. <laughs> well, we. Oh, yeah, I was going to also remind people to rate us on Apple iTunes. <laughs> Uh, You're better than I am. Yeah, nobody is doing it, but I, I feel like you just got to keep asking. And yeah, I think we I would ask people to judge us on the body of the work, not just this one individual mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And well, you know, they can't all be hits. No, you know? like they can't. No. There's gonna be some duds here. And yeah, there. and we showed up. We did. We showed up and we did the thing, mm-hmm. and we still got we still got some jokes. We in. did. We tried our best. It's not our fault yeah. that we didn't have a lot to work with this week. Yeah. So I mean, Netflix, if you're listening, Emily in Paris writer season two, step it yeah, up. Yeah, step it up. Yep. Um, and with that, we'll leave you guys. We will see you guys next week for the finale of season one. And until then, bye. Bye.